0: Are you excited to start a new series called gifted here we are divine gifts for a divine purpose we're going to spend only three weeks I know it's it seems ridiculous but we're only going to spend three weeks on this series um, and I'll tell you a little bit why but um, we're going to spend three weeks as sort of just like a flyover uh, series on spiritual gifts uh, why we have them what they are and how we might discover them in our own life um, what I don't want and what this series is not intended to be is just sort of like a, let's tick that box, we preach on spiritual gifts, and then we might hit it again in five years' time. Um, but rather, I hope that through these three weeks that it might stir you to really pursue spiritual gifts in a way that you haven't before. Uh, it might pursue, help you to pursue the Holy Spirit's work in your life and through you in a way you haven't before. And so uh, I hope this will plant a seed and sort of, cause you to go, yeah, I need to search this out more. Uh, it's not just sort of like, oh, yeah, I heard a, I heard a um, series on spiritual gifts and uh, no one uses them, but let's uh, talk about them because Brad wanted to and it's all good and hopefully he never talks about them again because that was awkward. Um, but rather that we would sort of go, oh, there's something here that maybe that uh, we're not reaching its full potential that the Holy Spirit would want us to do. So let's have a look. Uh, let's read uh, a portion of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11. Uh, and then we'll we'll jump on in. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person. Just turn to the person next to you and say, you are an each person. That's very good English, everybody. <laughs> manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of um, message of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by one spirit to another the performing of miracles to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another interpretations of tongues one and the same spirit is active in all these distributing to each person as he wills holy spirit we pray that you would help us to hear your voice this morning god we thank you that you speak to us and that you enable us to hear your voice and respond in faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing I have discovered since having children is this um, innate desire in parents, myself included, to brag on their kids uh, and to figure out what it is they're good at and make sure everyone knows that they're good at that thing. Um, And I've noticed that grandparents are even probably, there's a heightened sense of that, which is cool. I think it's great. You know, uh, you know, you go to the maternal health nurse, and they track how tall they are, and how big their head circumference is, and um, how much they weigh, and what they can say, what they can do, and you're always going, oh, I mean, Harrison's in the 90th percentile for cheek, or whatever it is that <laughs> you find, whatever it is that you can sort of like grab and say. he's excelling in this area. I mean, don't worry about all the other areas, but this area, he's doing really well. Or my baby, you know, Ava, I'm sure will get this as well. You know, as soon as she sleeps through the night, she sleeps through the night. Woohoo! I'm still waiting for that day. Um, (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Or we brag on when they start going to the toilet. You know, just really weird things. It's just like, oh, my baby's toilet trained and... She's only two days old and look at her go and it's like, good on you. Um, and yeah. there's this, sometimes there can be sort of this comparison of like whose kid is better, whose kid is smarter, more athletic, better at this, better at that. Um, it's not what we always intend to do but there is that sort of like someone's going to be better for someone, to be, I mean, to, for someone to be in the 90th percentile, someone's got to not be there. And so there's this comparison of who's got this and who's got that. And I think what I've discovered in myself anyway is that any chance I get to brag on my kids is actually more about me than it is my kid. It's, it's, I want someone to see something in me that, like, because they're good at being tall, which, I mean, is, like, a huge skill. It takes a lot of effort to – I don't know if you've noticed. I mean – for those that are, of us that are tall it, it's it's a lot of work, isn't it? I mean the air's thin up here it's for those you know moments you're trying to get the attention on yourself you're trying to sort of reflect something off what they can see in, in your child and 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 show something of yourself or, or build your own sense of, of glory or self-esteem up and and you know every parent does it, and so what that tells me is that every kid is unique and every kid has something special about them and every kid is uh, gifted in some way and I think in exactly the same way you know where it's going in exactly the same way God gifts each of his children in unique ways and and what unfortunately I think we can do with spiritual gifts at least is compare them and say well this one's better than this one I mean if you've got the gift of healing and if you've got the gift of administration I mean they're not really on the same level I mean one is just like whoo and one's just like oh He's an, and, and we can sort of compare these gifts, but in the same way, God intends for the glory of the gift to reflect back on him. He doesn't intend for the gift to puff that person up or for that person to go, oh, look how good my gift is. I'm so gifted. But God is uh, drawing and, and, and gifting and equipping and empowering us so that he might, get the glory. So God gifts us in different ways, not better or worse ways, in the hope that it would reflect back onto him, that people would see past the gift and see the giver. And so the big idea this morning, the big idea, sorry, is this. Gifts are given to glorify the giver. Say that 10 times quickly. Ready, set, go. I tried to say it and I stuck stuck on three times, but um, gifts are given to glorify the giver. And I'm sure you remember that because uh, it's a great alliteration and I'm very proud of it. <sighs> some things when you're pre- preparing a sermon, you just go, oh, that just was good. Anyway, we're here to glorify the given, not my alliteration. So uh, we, like I said, we're going to do three weeks. We're going to do a bit of a flyover. We're going to um, sort of hit on some some big ideas. And then uh, we're going to give you some uh, a particular tool to, to go and Um, help discover your gifts at the end of this morning and for the next three weeks. Um, But like I said, I I hope and pray that this would be something that uh, we desire to discover in our own lives, because like what Corinthians said, and I'm going to tell, tell you this again throughout the message, that you, by following Jesus, are gifted by the Holy Spirit. You have spiritual gifts. There is not some Christians who have them and some who don't. Every Christian has spiritual gifts. Every Christian is gifted by the Holy Spirit to do something that uh, you are unable to do without the Holy Spirit's assistance. And so we really pray and hope that we would all discover that and then begin to or continue to grow in those gifts. So let's have a quick look. I want to quickly do a a quick um, some basic theology on the Holy Spirit, just to set us up well. So functions of the Holy Spirit, I just want you to sort of get this idea of of the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. We're not saying uh, the Holy Spirit is some weird accessory to Christianity. The Holy Spirit is God. Uh, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, one is not better than the other. Uh, We're going to have a look at why we tend to focus more on Jesus than the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit's job. But uh, let's have a look at some of the functions of the Holy Spirit. I've got a list here. So part of the the function is that the Holy Spirit convicts and convicts in the sense of, uh, you can read a a portion of scripture in John 16, 4 to 11, I'm not going to read it out, um, of how the Holy Spirit convicts the unbeliever towards repentance and towards coming to know Jesus. Uh, And then the Holy Spirit convicts the believer of their righteousness and right standing with God. And that is just a tremendous gift in and of itself that the Holy Spirit does for for believers. is that The Holy Spirit's job, one of its key roles in our life is to remind us that we are the righteousness in Christ, that we are saved, that that, uh, our sin is taken away, that we are right before God. And so anytime you feel like you're not right before God, just say, Holy Spirit, remind me that I'm right before you. It is the Holy Spirit's job to remind you of that and to convict you of your righteousness. Uh, Another job of the Holy Spirit is to reveal or to glorify Jesus. And um, even as we're singing that last song, um, we're singing, it's all about the Holy Spirit. and then the last phrase of the chorus and the last tag that we keep singing as a call on your name Jesus, as a call on your name Jesus. And, and the beauty of the, the Holy Spirit's work in a Christian's life is that it, he points us to Jesus. When the Holy Spirit is doing its job, he causes us to see more of Jesus, not more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is sort of uh, humble in, it, in its role in, in the Trinity, if you like. To, to point the glory back to Jesus, not himself. And so when the Holy Spirit is active and working well in a Christian's life, it, it reveals more of Jesus. It glorifies more of Jesus. Um, I'm supposed to be going through this really quick, sorry. Uh, what else have we got? Enables, so he calls and enables the receiving of grace So the Holy Spirit's role. is uh, He enables us to, uh, to receive Jesus as, as Lord and Savior, as Nick did. Uh, on Friday, how good was that news? Um, the Holy Spirit justifies us. He's the means. Jesus is the means to our justification, but the Spirit is the one who applies. Um, and we're not going to go into all these terms, but if you're keen, research these ideas. They're big theological ideas, and you'll seem like a really smart, mature Christian if you know these words. That's the point. I'm joking, it's not. Uh, regeneration, so the Holy Spirit. Um, takes us from death to life, gives us a new heart, applies our salvation to us, sanctification. So the Holy Spirit's job in a a Christian's life is to move us forward in our walk with Jesus, in our holiness, in our growth, if you like, in in how we change from from someone who doesn't obey Christ to someone who does. And so... That's not from you trying harder. That's from the Holy Spirit's producing fruit in your life, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does uh, empowers us to serve. So we read through Acts and we read through so many stories of how the Holy Spirit is the empowerer. And we've been talking about how key the Holy Spirit is in in our going and making disciples, that he empowers us to do those things. And then the Holy Spirit also equips the believer. And that's what we're going to spend the next three weeks talking about the Holy Spirit equips the believer for, uh, with spiritual gifts, with uh, certain abilities, talents, whatever sort of words you want to use to help frame that idea in your mind. But he equips us to do the, the work of God uh, towards others. And then there's so much more. Uh, he intercedes, he guides, he enables us to, to fight sin, he gives us assurance and so much more. And so um, there is so much to learn about who the Holy Spirit is and, and what he does in our life. But we're going to focus uh, this morning and for the next couple of weeks on the equipping work of the Holy Spirit to give us gifts. So what do we mean when we say spiritual gift? What do we mean? Um, Well, I think gift is another way to talk about the Spirit's equipping work, like we've just said. The word gift in the the Greek is this word charisma. Charisma. Uh, And it sort of can be translated in different ways. Uh, Some translators would say it's better translated as actually the word grace, and so you could say that uh, we are equipped with spiritual graces, uh, that the Spirit graces each of us in different ways to do the work of God. And I think that's a a great way to think about spiritual gifts is that they are a grace on our life to do what it is that God wants us to do. Um, So the Holy Spirit might grace us with insight, with ability, with roles, with service, to use as he intends for us to do. What's the point of spiritual gifts? And we've sort of talked about this already, but um, the point of what the Holy Spirit does, and so the the spiritual gifts are very aligned with that. But um, the point of spiritual gifts are to serve Jesus. And let's start looking at some of these verses in 1 Corinthians 12. To serve Jesus. So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 2 to 3, it says, You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I mean, there is so much encouragement just in this idea. And one of them is that every time that you confess with your mouth, every time you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that is evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Because apart from the Holy Spirit, what this verse is saying is that you can't say that. You can't believe that Jesus is Lord except by the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so this is especially encouraging when you feel like you're distant from God, or you're not sure of your salvation, or you're not sure if God's really at work in your life. Every time you feel like, yeah, I believe that Jesus is Lord, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Because except from the Holy Spirit, uh, people say Jesus is cursed. People don't believe that Jesus is Lord. So one of the points of the Holy Spirit is to serve Jesus, to help people see more of Jesus, to say Jesus is Lord. Uh, In a similar way, the point is to reveal Jesus as Lord. The primary evidence of someone having the Holy Spirit is their growing love and submission to Jesus and the primary purpose of spiritual gifts is this, is to help people build their faith in this idea that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is Lord. Gifts are given to glorify the giver. Uh, another verse here in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. And in, in a similar way, Romans 1, there's a few key passages on spiritual gifts. Romans 1 is another one. 1, um, And when Paul talks about spiritual gifts in Romans 1, he says, I very much want to see you so that I might impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And so we see through these two verses that another uh, function of the gifts in a believer's life is actually to build up the faith and to help others grow in their faith and walk with Christ. So you know that... um, You're using a spiritual gift or that someone is using their spiritual gifts in your life when you feel built up in your faith, when you feel uh, encouraged in your walk with Jesus. Spiritual gifts do not tear down, but they build up. And so we can't say, Jesus told me that, you know, you're no good and you need to do better. Like that's not building up, that's tearing down. That's not a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift builds up. And so who doesn't want more building up, more encouraging in their life, I know I do, and I know probably most of us do. And so, let's pursue these spiritual gifts more, so that we're all uh, benefit. So we're all built up. So we're all encouraged more and more. Another verse here in one Corinthians twelve, verse eleven, it says, "One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as He wills." And so, the spiritual gifts are given to reveal Jesus, Lord. They're given so that we might be built up and encouraged. But they're given as God intends for them to be given. They're not given... Uh, they're not, it's not like a, a supermarket where you just walk down the aisle and go, I'll take, gift, I'll take that gift, I'll take that gift, I'll take that gift, I'll put that in my basket. I'll get the little shop and I'll be out of here. It's, I will take whatever it is that God puts into my life and I will use that to glorify God. I will not be picky. Like, we are... Uh, grateful that God would use us at all. And uh, we have to approach these gifts and this idea with such humility that God would use us at all and that he would gift us at all. Um, And so we're not about trying to go, oh, I really want that one, so I'm going to pick that one for my gift. Um, But we're really pursuing God and say, God, help me understand how it is that you've gifted me, how it is that you've um, imparted your spirit into me. So that I might use that gift, even if it's not something I want to do. You know, I don't. Uh, you know, sometimes these some of these gifts, like prophecy or word of knowledge, it's like, oh, that sounds a bit scary to me. Um, but God, if that's what you want me to do, if that's if that's how you want to gift me, then I'm going for it. I'm going for it. So, let's get into some some other ideas on spiritual gifts. I want to read this verse in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 6, because I think this is really key for us to help us understand some of these, this big idea on spiritual gifts. It says, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. Sometimes when we think of spiritual gifts, we think that uh, it's sort of like this boxed up idea that you are gifted with prophecy boom, that's it. You've got prophecy for your whole life. Deal with it. Um, Just got to go around prophesying to every person that will listen to your voice. And I mean, tough luck if you want to have another gift or if you didn't like that gift or it wasn't effective. I think what Paul is is trying to help us understand here is that there is not a definitive list of gifts. Uh, And I say that because in every time you see In scripture the spiritual gifts mentioned they're always different there's no two times where paul mentions the spiritual gifts where the lists are exactly the same and to me that speaks to the diversity of the gifts and the diversity of ways in which the spirit would gift us Um, and that prophecy in your life and prophecy in my life might be slightly different and and that the mixture of gifts in a believer's life are going to be different from person to person But also that in different seasons and different times in our life, we're going to be gifted in different ways. A gift is not just like you've got this gift for life and so that's all. You'll never be gifted with anything else and um, that one will always be present. Um, To me, this this verse is saying there are different ministries but the same Lord. There are different gifts but the same Spirit. There are different activities but the same God. You know, there's difference in the gifts. They're different in the way they're uh, applied in a in, in a person's life, they're different in the way they outwork in a believer's life. there are different seasons. You know the word vocation is actually, um, if you look at the history of this word vocation, it meant what God had called or gifted you for. Now we talk about in a sense of vocation is just your career. Uh, but historically speaking, vocation was used in this Christian sense that your vocation was your spiritual gifts or the way in which God gifted or called you to serve him. I think this uh, idea that God has still gifted and called us for a vocation, for a ministry, for an activity. That there are different times and there are different seasons in our life where God is calling us in a vocational sense to serve Him with the gifts we have. And what I mean by that is that our gifts are not limited to use here in this building. Spiritual gifts are not just a church thing, but they're a life thing. God gifts you with spiritual gifts to serve him uh, throughout every person that you might meet. So you might have a gift of uh, hospitality. It's not just for um, having other Christians in your house and making them and building them up, but it's for inviting the non-Christians in as well and revealing Jesus to them and encouraging and building them up as well. And so you might be in a workplace which is um, not Christian at all, but God, I believe, will give you spiritual gifts and gift you in ways to, to use in your workplace for his purpose, for his kingdom, for his glory. And they'll be different at different seasons. There'll be times where we have a gift that's just for this moment, where it's just like I'm, I've got a word of knowledge and it's, I've never had this before, but just in this moment I've got a word of knowledge and then I don't get another word of knowledge. But there'll be other times where you're gifted in a sense that it's, it's a ministry. Um, so like a gift of teaching, for example, in someone's life. They might teach regularly because it's an ongoing gift. You might find someone doesn't get the gift of teaching in a sense of just the once-off boom, you're a teacher for a day, and then, boom, you're not anymore. Uh, There are different ministries, so these outworking of ongoing gifts, and there are different activities, ministries and activities. And activities are the the once-off or the the seasonal gifts in which the way, in which the Spirit uses us for for His purpose. So Paul is talking about the vastness or the range in how the Spirit graces each person. For some, it's an activity you might get um, for a, a particular point in time, and for others, it's a ministry, it's an ongoing gift that comes up time and again. But the point is the same, no matter what the gift is or how it's, how it's revealed in your life. It's given to glorify the giver. It's given to glorify the giver. If you keep reading 1 Corinthians 12, 13, there is so much um, that we don't have time to, to get into um, in a three-week sermon series, but I really encourage you to, to dive deep into these scriptures. 1 Corinthians 12 continues to talk about the body of Christ and how each part of the body has its own function and it's in the context of spiritual gifts. It's in the context of the way in which God gives us. And so each part of the body is unique. Each part has a certain role to play. And I love this idea and this image because even in the sense of there's two hands on a body, but the two hands are still different. My left hand cannot do what my right hand does. My right hand is much stronger much more coordinated than my left hand. and My left hand is, I can't say much positive about it, but, but in the same way, the body of Christ, even though there's different gifts and, and they might look similar, they function differently. There's different strengths, there's different portions of the gift and, um, and every part of the body is unique and every part is essential to building up the body of Christ and to, to glorifying and revealing who Jesus is. I love this the, um, idea that the body of Christ and how it helps us to understand that we can't box up our gifts. We can't just categorize our gifts and say, well, you're all hands, you're all feet, and you're all mouths, and let's, go, let's get on with it. There's three types of people, and that's all there is. But God has uniquely crafted each person, each part of the body for his purpose and his glory, and you are exploding with creativity and uniqueness. Um, each part of the body is different. Even though some appear to be the same, everyone has different strengths and different weaknesses and different abilities, and God uses every person to glorify him. Your gift is unique, it's uniquely blended, and it changes from season to season. Then 1 Corinthians 12 finishes, and 1 Corinthians 13 happens. And if you know your scriptures, you know 1 Corinthians 13 is all about love. Yeah, it's always read it. weddings. Because, I mean, who doesn't love preaching on spiritual gifts at weddings? I mean, it's just just what you... It's not what happens, but 1 Corinthians 13 is sandwiched between 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, both of which are talking about spiritual gifts. And so um, Paul is very intentional about where he talks about love in his passage to the Corinthians. Because the Corinthian church are using their spiritual gifts Like crazy. They they're just going gang you know, there's gangbusters on prophesying and and words of knowledge here and and healings there and administration here and hospitality there. They're just going crazy with their spiritual gifts. And Paul is saying, you need a I mean, it's great that you're so eager and hungry for the gifts. He doesn't he doesn't say slow down, and we're gonna talk about this in a minute, but he says what is essential is love. What is essential is the motivation in which you want to use your spiritual gifts. I use my gifts and I pursue the gifts of the Spirit because I love you. Every time that you want to pursue the gifts of the Spirit, it has to come from this uh, motivation of love for each other. That spiritual gifts are not... Given or to be pursued for selfish gain or selfish ambition. I don't pursue spiritual gifts because I want to look good or because I want to be puffed up in my spirituality. That's exactly what Paul is saying no to. He's saying if that's not the point of spiritual gifts. The point is love. The point is how it helps somebody else. If my desire for gifts is not love, it's not right. If I desire gifts because I want to look spiritual, I'm missing the point. If I desire gifts because it might be cool or fun, I'm missing the point. If my desire for gifts is because I love you and desire to see you built up and encouraged, I'm on the right track. And so I think it's true to say that when we pursue love, we pursue the gifts. When I pursue to love you as best I can, I cannot do that without the spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts actually help me love you even more because they help you build your faith in ways that I can't do without the, the Spirit gifting me. And so if we want to grow in our love for each other, we'll be driven towards using our spiritual gifts to build each other up. I know any time that I've had a spiritual gift served, given in my direction, I don't know how you word that correctly, but prophecy... Uh, a word of encouragement, hospitality, whatever it is, and it's done, and you can tell it's a spiritual gift, it's done with the the Spirit of God working through that moment. It has always left me uh, encouraged and, and serving Jesus more and wanting to pursue Him more. There is a great sense in which I feel loved by that person in the way they use their spiritual gifts when it comes from a place of love. And so my encouragement for us is that to love each other as best we can, we need to really... Pursue the spiritual gifts. In fact, that's exactly what Paul tells us to do. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. So as we talk about spiritual gifts, I reckon there's three main responses that you might have to spiritual gifts, or that a Christian might have. And they are these. Three, of my, three responses, uh, some p- people say go for it, go crazy. The charismatics, the charismas, the ones that pursue the, the spirit and all the gifts, just go. And the Corinthians were definitely in this category. They were just going for it. Um, there's some people that would say stop it. And, and a theological term for this is we call them sensationists and, we, and they would believe that spiritual gifts stopped being uh, relevant or present in the church after the early apostles died out. In the first century, they sort of stopped and all the gifts don't continue. And so we should not really go for spiritual gifts. We should put a lid on them and try to avoid them at all costs. And that's fair enough if you've got that view. Um, That's not the view that I have, but that is a, a legitimate view that some Christians have. But then there's another group of people, which I reckon a large, a large group of Christians would fit into, which is this easy does it category. This Spiritual gifts are for today, but we've just got to be cautious about it. We've got to be real careful. And, and this is for a number of different reasons. This is because maybe um, there's been bad experiences with gifts, and so it's just like, oh, I've seen them abused, so I don't really want to get, get too involved with them because they, I've seen the damage they can do. That's fair enough, but if you were to look at these three responses, um, I think it would be fair to say that the easy does it, this open but cautious view, is probably the least biblical response to spiritual gifts you could have. I mean, the first one is, I think, a pretty biblical response, and we'll talk about. Don't worry, don't freak out if you, if you are somewhat cautious about spiritual gifts. Uh, The second one is, I think you you could argue that, and people obviously do. But the third one is this idea that we should pursue gifts, but we should do it just like real slow and easy and, and cautiously is not really what Paul tells us to do at all throughout Scripture. Whenever he's talking about gifts, he's talking about pursue them, eagerly desire, wholeheartedly go for spiritual gifts. Don't tiptoe into them, dive into them, go for it. And so, I think as, as Baptists, as people that are somewhat conservative in, uh, in what we believe about the spiritual gifts and, and the way in which the Spirit works, we should wholeheartedly hunger for spiritual gifts. We should take Paul's advice and go, I am hungry for the spiritual gifts in my life. Now, of course there's got to be boundaries, of course there's got to be uh, parameters around these gifts, and, and I think... 1 Corinthians 13 is a perfect set of boundaries for us to use and operate in the spiritual gifts. And if we use and operate the spiritual gifts in the context of 1 Corinthians 13, and we have love, that we're not in it for our own edification, that we're not, the gifts are not the purpose. The giver is what we're trying to get across, which the gifts are just there to glorify the giver. The gifts are not the the point. The giver is the point. The gifts are not uh, so that we can have Uh, better or a puffed-up view of ourselves, but they are there so we can love each other as best we can. And so I want us to be challenged by this idea that we should wholeheartedly hunger for spiritual gifts, that we should be praying for them in our life, that we should be asking God, show me what it is that you've gifted me with. Show me how I might move in my spiritual gifts. Show me how I might serve you with my spiritual gifts. Help me discern what my spiritual gifts are. Help me to be courageous in stepping out in faith and using them, even if I don't fully understand what it is. And so like I said, this three-week series is by no means going to cover all the details of spiritual gifts. But what I hope it does is that it it stirs something in in you to go, I'm hungry for more. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to study the Bible for myself. I'm not going to just rely on Sunday's meal. But I'm going to study through the week and and seek God for myself. And I'm going to pursue spiritual gifts in my life. I'm going to pursue the Spirit at work in me so that I might glorify the giver better, so that I might edify and and build other Christians up. So next week, uh, James is going to, James McIver's going to get up and preach and he's going to share a little bit more about what the gifts are and and how they might work. And then Dave's going to come up in week three and he's going to um, share more about how we might discover our gifts and how we might discern what it is the Holy Spirit's doing in us and how we might discern when it's a spiritual gift and when it's just a a nice idea. Um, But like I said, it's it's just a real flyover. We're just going really quickly over this idea, but I hope it stirs something in us. The other thing that we're going to do Over the next three weeks, and then in the third week, if you're in a small group, um, you'll be able to talk about your spiritual gifts. There's hundreds of online spiritual gifts tests, and I'm just going to say that that's great. You can do online gifts tests, and we're going to um, give you a link to do an online gift test, but it's just a tool. It is not the Bible. So if you do an online gift test and it says, you've got the gift of this and this and this, and you're like, "Uh, no, I don't. It's just a tool. You can throw it out and you can say, well, that's not, that's not me. That's not right. The, the tool that we're going to give you, and we're, um, there's, a, there's, there's a small cost, which the church is covering, but if you want to give the cost, I think it's about $7 to do this test um, per person. If you want to um, do this test, the, the thing I love about this one and it's the one we use in ministry school is that it uses other people that know you to answer the survey on your behalf. Is that you're sort of doing a little portion of it yourself, but really you're getting your your family members, those Christians that know you best, to sort of call out the gifts that they see in your life. Because I reckon a lot of the time we see gifts in each other uh, more than we see gifts in ourselves. And so this is a, a an easy tool for you to use to help discern. By no means is it the only way in which you'll discern your gifts, uh, but it's a way in which it might be helpful. So if you want to do that, you can jump on that website and chuck in your name and email and then we'll email you out the the link and the token to to do the test. Um, It's just a tool that might be helpful and we'll do that for the next three weeks and then in the third week at Small Group, you'll be able to use that results as a part of your discussion guide of what it is that God's gifted you with and how you might grow in that uh, and what God might be doing in your life. So I pray that this is a, a really encouraging couple of weeks for us. It's one that challenges us. It's one that stirs us up to, to serve God better, more, uh, to pursue the Holy Spirit's work in our life as best we can. So let's pray together. God, we we thank you so much that you have gifted us, that you have given us your Holy Spirit to, to show us more of who Jesus is, but also to, to encourage and, and build each other up. And God, we pray that over the next couple of weeks, that we would really develop in our hunger for spiritual gifts in our own life. God, that we would not be scared of them or even cautious about them, but God, we would dive in to whatever it is the Spirit of God wants to do in our life. God, that we would deal with such love for each other, such love for you, honour and respect for you, and such love for each other, to build each other up, to encourage each other. So God, would you use us as we... Strive to serve you, to love you, to honor you, to build your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.